On this episode, the Enterprise gets out the big guns to shoot a no trespassing sign. Sulu can't stop checking his watch. Kirk plays Texas Hold'em with a menacing Muppet. And Clint Howard discovers typecasting is a very real thing. I'm Captain Awesome. And I'm the Triple Hippie. Welcome aboard, take a station, and find something to hold on to. There are no seatbelts on the bridge. Hey everybody, welcome to No Seatbelts. This week we're going to be discussing the Corbamite Maneuver. That's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> originally it came on uh, November 10th, 1966. This is uh, Season 1, Episode 10. Yeah? yeah? Yes, kind of. So it's broadcast as Episode 10, but it was actually the first production um, episode that was shot after the second pilot. Uh, however, Which you're ends- really paying attention is painfully obvious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one had a lot of uh, tricky uh, visual effects. Um, and so it actually ended up taking a lot longer than they thought to get it in the can and ready for broadcast. So a few things that we talked about in earlier episodes, such as Janice ran no longer being there. <laughs> well, that gets turned around and she shows up again. So, yeah, the the only real good thing about this uh, being this early on, or not good thing about it, there's lots of good stuff about this episode. <laughs> um, but one of the things that you'll notice is that uh, McCoy is on here. This is actually his first appearance on Star Trek, production-wise. Uh, obviously, he was on previous episodes, but um, that's why you'll notice his performance is a little um, wooden. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also kind of tromps around like he's got a spinal problem the entire time. It's a little weird. <laughs> it does seem like he's kind of getting his uh, his space legs about him on this one. <laughs> yeah, definitely has not discovered the character yet. <laughs> I, I know I'm supposed to be irritating. Past that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this episode was uh, written by Jerry Soul. He was a uh, television writer with kind of a short career he mainly did science fiction stuff he did some outer limits invaders um an episode of man from atlantis and uh, passed away in 2002 not a lot out there about him that i could find other than he was just kind of your journeyman television writers well actually had history on outer limits actually i mean that's True. That's probably how he ended up getting the job, because as we know, yes. at this time they were borrowing a lot from Outer Limits, including <laughs> sets, costumes, storylines. <laughs> now, it's a little different with the director. The director was uh, Joseph Sargent. And this is going to be the only Star Trek episode that Sargent is going to direct. Um, he is a longtime TV and film director, probably best known uh, for by my generation for things like uh, White Lightning, uh, MacArthur, The Taking of Pelham 123, uh, uh, Golden Girl. I almost saw that as Golden Girls. No, not Golden yeah, Girls. Yeah, I thought the same thing. It was like <laughs> Golden, Golden Girl, Girls? the Susan Anton movie. And, uh, <laughs> and the really crown in the jewel is Jaws, The Revenge. <laughs> the Revenge. Wow. Oh, man. Uh, he also was a TV actor who did a lot of bit parts um, in the fifties uh, and uh, found out that he, uh, with his first wife, Carolyn, he had uh, uh, co-founded the deaf theater West, 
And he went on to found the Free Arts Clinic for Abused Children, which I thought was pretty interesting. Hmm. Um, his second wife, however, was Mary Carver. And Mary Carver, you and I would best known as uh, AJN, Rick's mom on Simon and Simon. For those kids out there who don't know, Simon and Simon is one of the finest pieces of television that was ever <laughs> created about brothers whose last name was Simon, who worked together solving crimes. <laughs> I'm sorry. A, it was so much fun, though. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I love the show. I watched it every Don't get me week. wrong. It was terrible. <laughs> um, so the, uh, his surgeon's last decade, he actually uh, worked as a senior filmmaker in residence for a directing program in the American Film Institute Conservatory. And he was the first professor of a master's program of filming in film directing at Pepperdine University. Um, so he really had a lot on his plate. Um, unfortunately, he passed away in 2014. Uh, but we were lucky enough to get a fine Star Trek episode out of Joseph Sargent. Yes, and it is one of the good ones. That's that is a hundred percent true. So cool. <laughs> Even from the opening shot. The opening shot on this one is so cool. It really is. Um, all right, so let's 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 jump in here. Um, so the basic premise of this episode, the synopsis, as you will, is uh, after the Enterprise is forced to destroy a dangerous marker buoy, a gigantic alien ship arrives to capture and condemn the crew as trespassers. <laughs> now, if I were to read that without knowing what this episode was, there's no way I would be like, this is going to be an awesome episode. <laughs> what they should have summarized it as is some stuff happens. And then Ron Howard, <laughs> then Clint Howard shows up and it all goes awesome. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. <laughs> yeah, it is. I have to say for, for something that isn't a real um, deep story and complicated story, I will say it. It uh, it's one of the best episodes. It really is. I, it, it, you know what though? It's one of the best episodes for a lot of reasons. Uh, not only is it super weird. I mean, let, let's be honest. So the best episodes of Star Trek are the ones where you're like, "What?" <laughs> but <laughs> it's also it, it's it's real campy. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's a lot of weird stuff going on on screen, but you can also see that the actors are really, really trying to dial in these characters. And yes. so the, it's a, a little bit off, but also a little bit more real. Um, and you can see some of the stuff that they were trying to do to really like Gene's vision of like, it's not really Navy, but it's kind of pseudo Navy. And like, I don't know. There's just, there's so much good going on in this. It, even though it's also awful. Yes, for for a first episode for, I mean, actors and everyone and crew to really get together on a first production episode, I have to say Joseph Sargent did a really good job in, in uh, pulling this all together, totally. despite many challenges. Um, I will say that uh, we watched this on the restored version, of course, and uh, a lot of accounts that I, that I read on the original version says that we're really missing out because there were a good number of uh, floorboard creaks and uh, chair squeaks in this one that got edited oh, yeah. out in the remaster. <laughs> well, and the, the big alien ship that we'll talk about is uh, apparently 
the non-remastered version is real, real weird looking. <laughs> uh, because, of course, it, it was low-budget sci-fi stuff just cobbled together out of ping-pong balls and plaster. So, you know, the remastered versions is all, it's all computer graphics. And it's, they came up with an idea of what the ship would look like. So it's, I think we're missing out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think you might be right on that. Anyway. So so So, the the interesting thing, the way this opens is that now I'm sure a lot of people know this, but the circular bridge for the enterprise was cut up like a, a a pizza. It was all wedges. And that mm -hmm. was to allow, a wedge to come out and you'd be able to put the camera apparatus in there so you could get multiple angles. They would actually also do this with next generation. Um, the interesting thing about the opening shot on this though, is that rather than be from one of those angles, they're doing an overhead shot on this, which isn't something you really see a lot on star Trek. And, um, and it's really interesting because it starts on Spock. It zooms all the way out so you can see the entire bridge. And then it zooms in on a guy's finger pressing a button. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the they didn't make any any kind of attempt to make these buttons look futuristic in any way. Everything <laughs> was just really loud clacks of switches and and uh, mechanical buttons. They're, they're so much fun. I mean, anybody who's ever watched Star Trek knows what this stuff is. Anybody who's ever gotten you know, a chance to see any of the reproductions of the, the bridge sets, you know, that those clacky switches are the best thing in the world. <laughs> it, it would appear that, uh, in the Star Trek timeline, Radio Shack never closed down. Right. Radio Shack <laughs> just got bigger and bigger and became the Federation. Well, we've got all these surplus switches. Let's spaceships. <laughs> You want uh, something really, you, you don't want one of those wimpy touch buttons. You want something <laughs> you can hear. You want something you can feel. Right. When you're in space, you want to make sure you hit that button. My theory is that in space, everybody has really long manicured nails. <laughs> <laughs> None of these touch screens for them. Thank you very much. <laughs> so a couple of, a uh, couple of just things that we're going to see in this episode. First of all, um, who is in command gold? Another one of those is before she goes to her red. Um, also, this is going to be the episode that introduces the pointy Academy sideburns that uh, Star Trek officers like to wear. Which is weird because technically it's the first one they filmed. So everybody's got them and then they took them off and then they brought them back again. Yeah. Yeah. That it does seem a little bit. <laughs> you, you, you know what you know what tested just through the roof the sideburn get the sideburns back <laughs> right man it was, it was like the Beatles were on TV the whole time <laughs> so the thing I love about this opening shot is it takes two people to get a screen grab oh man I, <laughs> take pictures <laughs> God, he just starts screaming about taking a picture. I'll take the picture. <laughs> As if there isn't a button on your console that could do the same thing. No, I like actually yelling at junior officers to do things. Right? Absolutely. All right. Now hold the ship still. I need to take a picture. I also like the fact that the camera is clearly, you know, it has no way to move at all. It is stuck to the front of the ship. I need you to turn the ship to the right just a little. Uh, and so Spock's yelling at everybody where, and 
everybody just looks a little bit off to begin with. Yeah, I don't think they got fans on this set until like episode four. That's a good point. It had to be so freaking <laughs> hot. Everybody was just dripping sweat. And you're in velour at the same time. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, that that pizza uh, concept for the set, a lot of these sets were open on three sides. So yes. if you think about all of a sudden you're in a set that's a circle and you've got all the hot lights on and you're wearing <laughs> velour and you've got pancake makeup on and rubber ears. Oh my gosh. <laughs> cannot be comfortable. Uh, so one of the, uh, one of the red faced sweaty young uh, officers is uh, a handsome new officer by the name of Dave Bailey who's played by Anthony Call. Now, this is a guest spot, of course, and Anthony Call is the son of actor-director Abner Biberman, which I could not, tons of credits, but I couldn't really bring you out something that would really show you who his father was. Now, Um, Abner appears to be somebody who was an actor for a little while, then was a director, and directed a whole bunch of B-movie stuff that you've never heard of. Yes. (laughs) In like the 30s and 40s. (laughs) <laughs> so it was like it's even it not only is it old enough that you probably haven't heard of it it's also crummy enough that you wouldn't have heard of it. <laughs> um call uh, didn't have a huge acting career but he did have some credits he did have an 11 year run though on one life to live that kind of stood out and he also had multiple spots on a couple of different soap operas um, he did a lot of television in the 70s, 80s. Uh, right around 98, he started to move more to, nor- uh, to narration, um, did a Secrets of the Dead episode, and actually still working today narrating something called Shock Docs, which I don't know mm. what those are, but he's narrating them at least through this year. So like a doctor is like, says things you don't want to hear? Or, <laughs> or is that like a doctor who only works in electricity? No wonder. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was going to look it up, but the name was just so much that I was like, you know what? That might be one of those things that you look up and you really, you, you can't unsee yeah. some things. So I, 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 I don't think I want it now. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll leave that channel off there. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, I, you know, you say, who's that handsome new guy? I just don't like this guy. <laughs> I can't stand Bailey. I, I, I hated his guts from the moment I saw him. And I was like, why is he so angry? Like he just comes across as angry the entire time, right from the beginning. Like, uh, stupid job. I don't want this <laughs> job. It's like, why did you take this gig, man? I've spent three days sitting in a chair, pushing buttons. When that guy yells at me, I can't take it anymore. Right? hundred <laughs> percent. It's like, I don't know, the 2270s, it seemed like there were a lot more whiny officers than than there would be in the TNG period. Well, I I tell you, you know, Picard puts, you know, three guys in an airlock, never has another. (laughs) That's Kirk's problem. He never airlocked anybody. Step right this way into a complaints department. I mean, we know from, from the movies that the Enterprise has a room that for some reason just has a hole in space. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the coffin disposal room seems to have no other purpose than to just airlock people. <laughs> anyway, so the, uh, the, the best character of the entire show, general alarm, <laughs> uh, starts going off. I love and, that guy. 
Sulu immediately is like, I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> I love how he just catches the nuance of the red flashing light and he knows exactly what it means. Right. <laughs> so this is actually Sulu's first time at the helm in production order. Welcome, Mr. Sulu. All right. Uh, so if you'll recall from the first two pilots, he introduced himself as the astrophysicist. And the writers and producers went, um, I don't think we're going to have too many script calls for an astrophysicist. <laughs> if, if you're in space, then aren't you just a physicist? I right. Mean, <laughs> um, so they said, you know what? Let's give him some other reason to be on camera. So they put him at the helm. Um, also Gene had kind of decided he was going to rotate people through there and they were like, no, we're going to put the same faces on screen. So there you go. You get Sulu at the helm. Oh, so the Gene finally got his wish on next generation, huh? Uh, oh, of having everybody swap out. Yeah. Having the helm, well, at least the helm position. They always had instant gates. I mean, so, I mean, if you know, we did it for a while, but yeah, but like the first season of, TOS, you see a lot of just anonymous yes. guest stars come through on on Helm. And that was really what Gene wanted is, is he wanted some kind of faceless rotation going through there that that was just a role that needed to be filled. Because uh, he was looking at it as this is how this should work, not, you know, we need to give actors FaceTime. And Which seems contradictory because he was also trying to establish this whole thing of a community in space. Mm-hmm. So it kind of seems that it's a little contradictory that I'm trying to create a community, but I keep on changing out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not seriously suggesting that Gene Roddenberry would contradict his own logic. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I would throw the comment. <laughs> oh, dear. Dear, dear, dear. Gene, do you even know what you want? <laughs> I mean, he does, but it's not okay. <laughs> anyway, so they uh, they look out the front view screen and they're introduced to the Rubik's. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there is a cube floating in space that looks strangely like a Rubik's cube. It's not, but the colors are in the right order for it. <laughs> I actually, I so I haven't watched the the original un uh, rem, unremastered. Unmastered? Unremastered, yeah. The original Um, cut of this episode since I was very, very young. And I'm curious, actually, to know if the remaster made this look more like a Rubik's Cube and that the original didn't look like that. I don't remember, to be honest. I don't remember the lines being as defined on it Mm -hmm. in the original, but it has been a long time. Yeah, It's much blurrier. Yeah. I don't know. Just kind of an interesting thing. Cause you know, I was like, Oh, look at that. All the colors. They're in the right order. <laughs> I went, oh, I'll bet you there was a nerd who was like, you know what I'm going to do. <laughs> anyway. So Spock is like, uh, I don't know what that is. Raise deflectors. <laughs> Which, I mean, that seems the right move. It's not exactly the star Trek move, but. You know. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so it starts blocking the way and Spock says, Let's go around it. Now, like at this point, you know, her has to say, yeah, I'm not getting anything from it because nobody has asked her to even try to hail the thing. <laughs> right. Of course not. 
So the thing keeps on blocking their way and keeps on moving in front of them no matter what they do. And Spock's trying to bob and weave them around. Now, keep in mind, at this point, Spock is not called the captain whatsoever. Spock is totally fine with himself handling this particular situation. Um, so they go through the, uh, the do, 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 do. it keeps changing chords and speed. So at this point, we know it's not a natural phenomenon. Something is actually directing this thing, or there's some sort of intelligence that's involved with this thing. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's definitely something weird. It feels like Q to be honest. I, I was watching it and I was like, Oh, it's it's a hundred percent Q. We all know it is. No, I do like what it blocks them. Bailey yells out, you know, it's blocking us. And Spock has to tell him, it's like, Hey, there's no reason for you to raise your voice, which I find hilarious because it's Spock. Spock is telling someone else, don't raise your voice. <laughs> well, and so this, again, being the third production episode, Spock is still shouting everything. <laughs> Every time he goes anywhere where he's not in the captain's chair, he shouts constantly. <laughs> and I mean, it was just, it was an affectation that, uh, that Nimoy was doing, trying to figure out his character, but for them to, th- to write in that he's like, oh no, no, please don't shout. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Makes no sense. Everybody shouts. <laughs> like I said, I think the thing was, is his hearing was so good that he just assumed everybody else was half deaf. So right. it took a while to figure out. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, that's just how humans talk. Oops. <laughs> uh, so Sulu's like, all right, yeah, enough of this. Uh, I'm calling the captain. Hey, everybody. <laughs> general alarm. And uh, captain to the bridge, please. And Spock's like, mm, I, didn't, I didn't want to call him. We didn't really need him to come up here, you know? Right. <laughs> so that's about a good time to go to have our opener. And this is the first time that they're going to do the space, the final frontier <laughs> opening. Which uh, got recorded, what, after the fourth episode, but then placed back onto the first episode that. Man, it's so weird how it goes back and forth like that. But <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what wacky. they did. Right. <laughs> um, and it had lots and lots of yummy reverb because. That's what they wanted was reverb. <laughs> it sounds spacey. <laughs> anyway, so they come back from commercial to captain's log one, five, one, two point two, which again, we are all over the place with captain's logs numbers. It's it just, there's, there is no continuity whatsoever with any of these numbers in the, for in the uh, first season. It's well, just, they're just throwing stuff out. But what we do know for a hundred percent sure is that because this is the third episode, that means that Gene got his way and they are super just screwing with us with these numbers. (laughs) The entire thing was made up just to mess with us. It's good stuff. So we open on shirtless Jim on a, on a, a, a medical bed stomping into the walls, doing his physical. I mean, ugh. so for those who don't know, the, the step machine in the, in the sick bay for some reason is there and it is a, it's a medical bed and on the wall, there are two blocks extended out of the wall that you put your feet on and you pump them like you're walking up a stairmaster. <laughs> Unfortunately for Jim, the uh, bed also tilts backwards so that all the blood's running into your head while you're doing the stairmaster. 
the inverted stairmaster seems to be like the most cruel thing that was ever created on Star Trek. So if you do this five minutes without having a stroke, you passed your physical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine walking into like twenty four hour fitness and you're like, "Wow, we've got a new device for you. It's the inverted stairmaster." <laughs> I'm going to ask for my money back, please. (laughs) Anyway, so the whole time this is going on, Bones is looking over his shoulder furtively. And you're like, what's he doing? Why is he looking over his shoulder like that? (laughs) Jim finishes up and we see why. (laughs) Turns out there's a a red alert going on. (laughs) (laughs) But <laughs> going pretty much, uh, you know, unhooked all the klaxons in, uh, in sick bay. Seriously. And I love that when Jim sits up, he, he glances over at the wall. He sees the red light on the wall and he looks over at bones. Like seriously, dude, <laughs> it's so good. And McCoy is a little bit proud of himself over the whole thing. Right. He's like, yeah, I got you to finish. Didn't I? <laughs> Now, when he when Kirk admonishes McCoy and storms out, McCoy responds, "What am I, a doctor or a moon shuttle conductor?" What does a moon shuttle conductor have anything to do with telling people Ren Reddler? I'm really confused by this statement. Now, is a moon shuttle conductor someone who? make sure that all the moon shuttles move at the right time in unison with each other? Or is it like an old timey guy who takes your tickets on a moon shuttle? I'm not really sure which it is, but they're, (laughs) they're both really cool romantic images in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And, And neither of them explains why this comment would be here at all. Yeah, no, not, not at all. (laughs) However, it is the first attempt at a, I'm a doctor joke. That is true. That is a hundred percent true. Um, <laughs> I, clearly the writers were like, you know what? He, he's going to say this a lot. <laughs> that's, that's the first of two catchphrases that we're going to, that are going to start on this episode. That's true. Um, and then the whole thing of uh, him muttering to himself that if he, you know, if he started yelling every time there's a light around here, he'd be talking to himself, which is a joke. They will recycle in Star Trek five. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot recycled in Star Trek five <laughs> like, and it didn't land well in that one either. So yeah. Right. I mean, let's be honest. It's a, it's a bones joke. They very rarely <laughs> land. <laughs> it was there. To, it was there to entertain him. That was That's true. <laughs> so we head out into the hallway and shirtless Jim is, walking down the hallway still i why he doesn't just put the darn shirt on i don't understand he's carrying it around his shoulders he's kind of doing that sweeping eye thing he's like who's checking me out he totally is <laughs> and uh, to his dismay the the young brunette woman who's walking down the hall is not checking him out that's probably because she's really upset about her outfit <laughs> Whose uniform did she steal? You know what, though? They did this to Ahura, too. The 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 women's uniforms on this episode are awful. They're just, they're not tailored. It's like they're wearing a bag. <laughs> it's so bad. I, the guy's got all these, like, really nice shirts and really slimming pants and everything. And they, they stuck the women in these. And the one size fits all. Uh... Oh. <laughs> anyway, it's terrible. It will get better. 
it, it does get better. Yeah. But oh, not man. today, not today. <laughs> and so Kirk walks down and, and he passes by like everybody who works on the ship in this one hallway. Um, <laughs> and there's one dude I've never seen before. Who's the dude in the white tech vest? Hold on. That's not a white tech vest. I know who that dude is. Oh, that's Mr. Pockets. <laughs> he's going to die in a later episode. <laughs> we love Mr. Well, actually, he's going to in the future dude, die in a past episode. <laughs> oh, I hate temporal mechanics. <laughs> he gets uh, he gets the sucker face from. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. What is her mm, name? Uh, from. Uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. See, I'm oh, totally McCoy's girlfriend. Yes, McCoy's girlfriend. Yes. Uh, she's going to suck her face, Mr. Pockets, <laughs> and then he's going to die. <laughs> anyway, so then Kirk walks down the hall and what does he do? He walks through the pyramid or it's not really pyramid, but the, the big triangular shaped doorway that has only been on a couple episodes because it <laughs> no sense whatsoever. Yes. And all I could think was, where's Tennis Girl? <laughs> tennis Girl needs to be there walking through as well. Yeah, there's a, there's as many hallway shots as we have in this one. There's a serious, serious lack of Tennis Girl or... Or, uh, or Tennis Boy? In, yeah, walking around in casual stuff. Yeah, so for those who haven't listened to other episodes, Tennis Girl is the girl in casual clothing walking down the hall <laughs> who looks like she just got out of a round of tennis. And her companion, who is... Also dressed, he looks like he just came from an Easter party. He's got <laughs> pastel slacks and a, and a polo on. And the, the two of them walk down the hall in several different episodes. And uh, most importantly, the very first episode, uh, The Cage, uh, they, they almost take out uh, Captain Pike as he's walking down through this exact hallway. <laughs> anyway. Big Alex, Kurtz, Alex Kurtzman, where is my tennis girl spinoff series? Seriously. <laughs> Terry Metalis, can we have tennis girl in one of the new shows, please? <laughs> so <laughs> Kirk gets into the, into the turbo lift and <laughs> this is he's like, great scene. Hey Spock. So how's things going? Spock's like, Oh my God, it's all coming apart. There's terrible stuff going on. And Kirk's like, are we going to die? Well, not, not yet. And he's like, right, I'm going to change. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to go change. <laughs> the entire scene was Kirk making a decision about whether he should stop and put on a shirt or not. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh man, it's so good. You know, if it was TNG, he would have just gone onto the bridge dressed as like a revolutionary general or something. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you today, sir? Holodeck. <laughs> of course I was in the holodeck. He always get that side eye from whoever the random person at helm is that day, you know? Oh right. man. These people are weird. <laughs> I would be too tempted to screw with people. If they were like, so you're on the holodeck? No, why? <laughs> <laughs> These are my pajamas. I can understand your question. Anyway, <laughs> so we go back to the bridge and Spock is all over Bailey again. <laughs> and and Bailey's just like, well, you know, I, you know, I wasn't scared. And Spock just throws some sarcasm and walks away. <laughs> right. Sulu just has the giggles the whole time. It's like, dude, why would you even try to explain anything to Spock? 
I swear this whole episode, Sulu does so much uh, like just taking care of business when Bailey doesn't <laughs> that I think he hates Bailey's guts. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I wouldn't blame him, man. It's like you have to do two people's job. Right now to be fair though, Bailey is whiny as all get out. Like seriously, yeah. why won't he shut up? I, I why don't... did he join Starfleet? Why is he even here? Yeah. From a character perspective, <laughs> I don't get why they wrote him this way. Cause I like having a character who is, not happy with what they're doing and is like, you know, I don't think this is really a good fit. I, I totally get that. Writing a character who is like, why do I have to do this? I don't get it. <laughs> it's so weird. It seems like he was really surprised that Starfleet involved being on ships in space. It seems like he was not prepared for any of that part. Right. And like you went to the Academy, dude. When you're at the academy, I'm pretty sure that involved a lot of homework, a lot of paperwork, a lot of not shooting things with phasers. <laughs> it's one of those private Benjamin things. No, I, I joined the Starfleet that had the resorts and the water skiing. I'm, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> totally. Anyway, so Kirk is, is uh, he, he's, he's ready to do some stuff now from his quarters. He's going to work from home. <laughs> and he jumps right into action by calling a staff meeting. Right. Followed now, by, I love this. He calls a staff meeting and then they have a dramatic blast of music as he walks out the door and the camera focuses on his butt. Yeah. It was super weird. Cause it okay. was like a zoom in shot too. <laughs> now I'm going to give you this. We talked about how cringy it was when they did this in mud's women, when they all left the room and they did the exact same shot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it, Hey, equal time. Kirk's hey. butt too. It's either that or it turns out the cameramen weren't really that creepy. <laughs> this is just the only rig they could afford. It, it only went up about two and a half feet. <laughs> and they're like, ah, we're going to use the butt rig again. <laughs> now, the other thing that I thought was really strange about this scene is that for whatever reason, Kirk goes to his room to change and has to call the staff meeting before he puts a shirt on. So he turns on the video screen to the bridge and Spock's like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, Hey, I got some business to do. I want you to get some people together. Yada, yada. I'm shirtless again. Hey, (laughs) guess what? I'm still not wearing a shirt. I do a lot of video chatting and I gotta say, (laughs) I always put a shirt on. I was just going to say, it's like, even in this entry, it's, it's kind of a faux pas to show up to the meeting without your shirt. <laughs> They're very forward thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they do a really cool camera shot though. After the butt shot, yes. they, they do a, a little handheld shot. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They follow him out of the bridge and have him, he comes out and goes the right past the over to Spock's and, and it's all like right behind him. It's, it's yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, again, lots of interesting uh, camera usage in this episode. What I found interesting about this hand cam shot is that as he's going around the room and he's looking at everybody and getting all their updates and everything, it feels very much like an episode of the office. Uh, just kind of that, Right. That, that feeling of like Michael walking around the office and the, the steady cam going behind him. It really kind of felt like that. I don't know. It, maybe they were ahead of their time. I don't know. So as Jim comes onto the, <laughs> onto the bridge, he starts asking for status reports, which basically come down to, well, we know how big and how heavy it is, but you go to Scotty and Scotty's like, I don't know. That's my official report. 
go to McCoy. I don't know. That's right. my official report. <laughs> I do like that in, in the early episodes, they were really obsessed with how much things weighed. Everything was like, <laughs> oh, well, it's 34,000 metric tons. Uh, okay. Like the TNG Enterprise, they didn't care how much everything weighed. They were just like, hey, what's that thing? Either call it or shoot it. I don't, I don't care which one. Just call it or shoot it. <laughs> Speaking of just shoot it, Bailey speaks up. <laughs> yes. Well, why are we just shooting the thing? Dude, seriously, he's got an attitude problem. <laughs> it's like, dude, I'm really glad that four years of the Academy paid off for you. Right? Oh, my God. They're they're trying to do this. Like, I don't know. The the way that everybody is hanging around, too, while they're trying to do this, this like, staff check-in. And, you know, they're, you know, we want to talk to the department heads. This is a big deal. And everybody's just kind of like lounging on a, on a uh, armrest or sitting on a console. And it's like, what are you doing? This whole thing just felt like a high school production that was slapped together. I'm taking it. The three days in space really was affecting people a lot more than we realized. Seriously. And at this point, I'm starting to believe that, that Bailey's the dumb kid. Um, <laughs> everybody is so mean to him. <laughs> And he's so dumb. He's just like, I don't know what any of these switches do. (laughs) Why should I have to do that? (laughs) Well, originally Bailey was actually written as the communications officer for this particular episode. And Ura was not around for this episode at all. However, they changed the script up because it didn't seem to make a lot of sense as why the guy at the switchboard would be screaming at everybody, shoot it, shoot the thing, shoot it, shoot it. Right? <laughs> Every time he, say, he says shoot it or her, looks at him like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> she does that a lot in this episode. It is true. I mean, she didn't get any lines. So, of course, she's just going to sit there and be like, uh, what? <laughs> anyway, so they let 18 hours pass, which means they've got everything solved. Or they went and had coffee. Now, yeah, coffee. I do want to point out they painted the commissary cups. In the in the first two pilots, they were clearly drinking out of Dixie cups from the commissary. Now they've at least put paint on them, so they're futuristic. <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed they just don't have the red solo cups, you know, and just see that that would have lasted as a tradition. So I know, right? But then everyone would have you had beer in it. So you know, in other countries, they call those American party cups. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> makes sense to me, right? <laughs> uh, so Spock is saying, "Okay, well, the thing's either a buoy or it's flypaper." Yeah, flypaper. Because Spock knows what flypaper is. Not only is it 400 years in the future, and they're probably not using flypaper anymore, but he's also from a different planet. Come on, people. Also, uh, if you pay real close attention. Yeah, folksy. Folksy Spock is what we need. Uh, If you look really carefully in this scene, too, uh, as a coffee thermos is being passed around, by Scotty, you will see that he is, in fact, missing a finger. Ah, uh, yes. For the few episodes where you can see that. Finger he lost on D-Day. Yeah, because he was awesome. Yes, he was. Anyway. so now, One then, thing I really like about this, though, is is when Spock says flypaper, uh, Kirk is like, and you, you don't think we should stick around? And Spock comes back with, no, because it might make us look weak. 
early Spock was really worried about looking weak. This will come back to the balance of terror. It's true. He's really, really obsessed with looking like a wimp. Really thinking that this his childhood is kind of creeping into, you know, his, his job I, there a little bit. I like to think that the way this was supposed to be is that he was like, yeah, we wouldn't want to look weak, would we? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you humans and you're wanting to not look weak, whatever. But, but sadly, Discovery actually <laughs> Discovery actually shed some light on this because there's the whole thing of the of the uh the Vulcan will load to the Klingons. Oh no, we punched him in the nose first and then said hi. Yeah, right. <laughs> <sighs> Which is like, well, you probably shouldn't do that every time. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, back in those days, that appeared to be the only way to go. I don't know. Um, so Kirk's like, all right, well, we got to do something and we'll, we'll figure it out as we go along. And Bailey's like, oh, I got the phasers. <laughs> dude (laughs) i love this scene too because uhura looks completely bored right it looks like she's completely checked out of this meeting (laughs) the look on her face is like this of all could have been handled in an email (laughs) okay in all fairness if you watch the way this scene was put together uhura and sulu clean up after everybody yes yes and I noticed that. <laughs> if, I know if I was one of them and I read those set directions, I would have been like, yeah, I'm bored because <laughs> this is garbage. Real PC guys. Right. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, he's like, Oh, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot. And Kirk's like, dude, no, shut up. You're not doing that. <laughs> so you know what we're going to do? We're going to leave. I mean, he does come up with, we're going to use a spiral way to go around it, but he's just like, yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> I'm glad nobody thought of that before. I was like, oh, wow. That's, yeah, man. That's, that's why he's the captain. So we're not going to go forward? No, no, We're going to go one of the other 359 directions. <laughs> My plan is don't run into it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That thing looks like it's going to be sitting right in front of us. <laughs> anyway, he's Bailey's the worst. All he wants to do is shoot. Whatever. <laughs> so they decide they're going to get out of here. And as soon as they try to move, well, it gets in their way. <laughs> Which it just become, keeps on getting in their way. It's going to make even less sense as we go along as to why this thing's doing this. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> And the the klaxons going off, and the all the all the sounds on the bridge are going off. And Sulu kind of gives that klaxon. And Sulu finally gets a little tired of general alert because he gives the thing a side eye. And it's just like, oh, good lord, right? Well, and watching the episode too, there's this ping that's going off on the bridge. The oh, I know. Too, and I'm like, I want to turn it off. <laughs> Yeah, I could not figure out because it seems to signify lots of different things. Like later on in the episode, it's somehow going to be tied with the tractor beam that's hitting. I, it's very odd. Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, so then Spock's like, radiation increasing. And nobody looks at him and says, you don't have to shout. No, no, no. They're like, oh, that seems right. Because <laughs> if they do, he'll get them back later. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway. So then Bailey's got to speak up. Uh, he's like, uh, it's so hot in here. Oh my God. 
<laughs> oh, and the cube is still coming towards us. <laughs> it's coming right at us. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be like some kind of like eat it Blork sign. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to figure out that, you know, okay, so either the aliens are huge D&D fans and they're just like, you must roll for initiative. (laughs) (laughs) Or I was thinking it might end up being something as like, everyone rolls lucky sevens at Baylock's Casino. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, the problem with these pop-ups is you can't ever click on them to close them. (laughs) Jeez Louise. (laughs) They keep on backing up. Spock keeps on shouting. Uh, It's 100% Q. I'm telling you. <laughs> Just screwing with the people. Right. I'm watching this. I'm like, I don't care what I saw in the previews. This is cute. <laughs> Bailey keeps on constantly is freaking out and just keeps on looking back at Kirk. He's like, can I shoot it now? Can I shoot it now? Can I shoot it now? <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I, I kept waiting for him to just do it. And just be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> this episode also gives us the famous Sulu reaching for the that circular thing in the middle and then looking back at Kirk that is going to be reused time and yep. time and time again. <laughs> so it turns out they actually did that on purpose. They filmed him doing that so that he could turn around and they could reuse the shot. They did one for uh, Scotty and one for Bones also. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we're about to find out about the the bones reuse in a few minutes. <laughs> so Kirk's like, go to warp. Well, no, at this point, I thought we're going reverse, right? Yeah. I, can you imagine accidentally hitting the reverse warp while you're still in space dock? <laughs> like that's, that's way worse than hitting the garage door. <laughs> I mean, okay. If you can go backwards warp, can you go sideways warp? I mean, right? Like this would have changed the show dramatically. <laughs> um, I, I mean, not that it really matters because the thing's like 300 feet away. So it's going to be inside their warp field. So yeah. With them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the cube keeps on getting spinnier and blurrier and, and I don't know if it's generating the music, but the soundtrack is really swelling at this point. Well, and then Kirk decides he's going to, he's going to let the lid off of this thing. And he says, lock on phasers. And Bailey just doesn't do anything. He freezes up on this moment. (laughs) It's the one thing he wanted to do and he can't do it. I know it seemed like it would have seemed like that finger was hovering right above that button the entire time. But uh, no, no, no. Sulu has to do it. He reaches over and goes, (laughs) clack. (laughs) Well, also at this point, all he's doing is locking the phasers. Some other guys are firing the phasers. Yeah, they talk about the the uh, the phaser crew. Yeah, which will come back again in balance of power. It's gonna they have that kind yeah. of same thing. But like, is that a bunch of guys standing at a hole in the side of the ship that's like <laughs> holding out their guns? Like, we got this. Don't don't worry about it. Or is it like you know they're hey we load light into the guns. That's what we do. We just we load the light in. You know somebody's got to do it. I, it's so weird. The, I don't know what the phaser crew would do. Maybe they're just like the phaser shoots once and then they pour water on it to cool it off. Or... I'm thinking at some point we ran into a problem. I'm going to say this is because Malcolm Reed. I'm going to say this is because Malcolm Reed liked to shoot at everything. And at some point Starfleet said, you know what? We really need a two tier system. <laughs> 
<laughs> of somebody who says we should fire and somebody who actually does the firing. <laughs> I'll phases. Uh, captain, the phaser crew called. They said, no. <laughs> yeah, like, i'm sorry why are we doing this <laughs> fair, fair they they said they they want steak dinners or we're not firing on the playoffs <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on there <laughs> so they do fire and boy does the cube go boom yeah it's, it's and, the first time that the Enterprise got to shoot its phasers, and there's a reason that they probably shouldn't have. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it whites out the entire screen. Dun, dun, it throws dun. everybody around because, for some reason, there are no seatbelts on the bridge. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know what? That's a great name for a podcast. <laughs> Somebody should talk about that. Right? So, uh, that was a commercial break too. I mean, that's how big this explosion was. It sent them right into commercial. (laughs) Interrupted the entire narrative. (laughs) (laughs) So Kirk is now on the precipice of a major decision. Do we go forward or do we go back? (laughs) He's like, Hey Spock, what do you want to do? And Spock's like, I I don't know what the right answer is. He's like, well, what do you speculate? Spock goes, uh, uh, no, <laughs> I don't speculate. <laughs> We're going to run into whatever, whatever it was that, uh, that sent that thing here. He tells him. And so totally up to you, dude. <laughs> well, and I like Spock's next line of logic. When Kirk's like, no, no, seriously, I, I really want, want to know what you want to do. And Spock's like, why are you asking me? <laughs> what is the point of asking me? You already made up your mind, man. <laughs> So my guess is Kirk always asks Spock because if Spock's opinion matches his own, he can always go back later and it's like, well, I did it on Spock's advice. That's true. (laughs) Either that or he just wants to be the guy who's like, um, no, we're going to do it my way (laughs) because I came up with the idea. So I'm the big man. (laughs) See Uh, that chair? See the chair in the center? That's my chair. (laughs) Whose chair is that? My chair. Right. So Kirk looks over and he sees Bailey trying to do his job, but not doing it. Sulu trying to cover for him. And Kirk's like, Hey, what what are you doing? (laughs) All right. He gets his dad voice out. (laughs) So Kirk tells Bailey and Sulu, Hey, you guys were a little bit slow on the uptake there. So um, you're going to have to run some laps. Yeah. You're going to have to simulate some battles and keep on doing that until I come back. Bye. I'm going to go have lunch. Nobody leaves this bridge until I get back. (laughs) It's an afterthought because he tells Bailey, Bailey, you are slow and you need to practice. Oh, well, it looks kind of bad if I just yell at him. Sulu, the engineering decks were were slow. And Sulu's looking at him and is like, yeah, that's not my responsibility. But you know know that's an entire department, right? (laughs) Kirk is scared. This is the early days. Kirk is still kind of scared of Scotty. So uh, Kirk's um, like, you see the guy? He's missing a finger. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen him drink so much whiskey. He scares me. (laughs) I like how in this, this first of the episodes, Everything is all like ship shape and Bristol fashion. And it's like, <laughs> they get so lax so fast. <laughs> we got to settle in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, McC- so McCoy walks by for no reason whatsoever, but to hold hands with Kirk and skip down the hallway for some reason. 
Oh, now the elevator actually doing this rewatch. McCoy shows up to walk Kirk places all the time. It's kind of that. uh, (laughs) I just want to remind you what a jerk you are type thing. Totally. (laughs) Like, hey, uh, I was listening to all of that and you suck, dude. (laughs) Just want to let you know. (laughs) He's he's an odd sort of wingman, but effective. None the same. Right. (laughs) I I, and he's like, hey, listen, um, I know you're being real mean to Bailey, but you know, it's your fault. He's in that chair, right? (laughs) Like, you know, he sucks and you still put him there. And Just Kirk's because like, he reminds you of a little Jim Kirk. Yeah, yeah, right. It's, <laughs> Kirk's like, uh, yeah, that totally is me. Which makes me realize Kirk sucked. And <laughs> somebody still gave him a ship. <laughs> well, remember, we learned an obsession. He did hesitate on firing on the cloud. That's true. That's true. He's, of course, he's we, find out, great. we find out it wouldn't have made any difference anyway, but you know. And he, I mean, you know. we all know that Kirk does suck, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I'm not trying to start a flame war about Kirk and Picard. I'm just saying <laughs> if you watch this show objectively, Kirk kind of sucks as a captain. That's all I'm saying. You're, you're just kind of surprised of how much luck it took for him to actually totally. come back alive. He's a badass character. He sucks as a captain. Anyway, <laughs> so they get to Jim's quarters and they're, drinking something. Uh, I love how they've got these little aperitif cups and you know, they're, they're trying to be all manly. Like I'm gonna sit down and have a drink. And they, they hold these aperitif cups, like little wine glasses. It's so dainty. <laughs> it's such a, a, a weird flex, find. right? <laughs> I don't know. I got glass. <laughs> so Spock calls and he's like, Hey, uh, so, we're all done with the simulations. They, they got a 96 Kirk's like, Hey, maybe they can get a hundred, <laughs> which, which might be a slight pick into the reasons why Carol Marcus wasn't that broke up about him not standing around <laughs> to be a dad. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and I love that McCoy's like, really? You think they're going to get a hundred now? <laughs> What's that going to get you? Why, why do you care, dude? It's, and, it's awesome. And just before Kirk can tell McCoy to shove it, Rand walks in. Yeah. Who's not on the ship anymore in the future past, but she is now kind of still on. She wasn't will be on. Uh, yeah. She's back <laughs> or not there yet or not. So, yet. Yeah. It's your whole out of order. Television production strikes again. Right. <clears throat> and she walks in, she's serving him lunch because this is the future past. Perfect. Rand who is really just his personal waiter. (laughs) Um, And so she comes in with his lunch, lays down a a napkin on the table, which, okay. And then she puts out a giant salad in front of him. And he looks at it like, Oh God, what have I done? And she calls it a, uh, a leaf. Uh, was it a leaf lunch or a leaf dinner or something a like leafy that? salad, a leafy. Yeah. She, something she never says salad. That was the thing uh, that weirded me out. Ah, uh, interesting. And I was like, is it, is it, are they trying to make it sound futuristic or <laughs> is a salad really that weird in the sixties? <laughs> leafy diet, leafy diet. That was yeah, it, yeah. Leafy diet. Yeah. Cause because you know, he's put on a couple pounds. Yeah. McCoy changed your, 
change your diet card, your meal card. Right. And, and Jim kind of has that Ron Swanson look of like, you've just served me the food my food eats. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Kirk's like, well, let's get one for Bones too. And Bones is like, oh, uh, <clears throat> I, I wait until after the crew eats. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not going to eat that garbage. I don't know. It, it was a for real me. weird moment, I have to say. And then, you know, Yeoman Rand does her thing and she's like, oh, okay, toodles. And she walks out the door and Jim's like, no, no, no women yeoman. <laughs> he, he does this whole thing he's like why well, find out who gave me a female yeoman and mccoy's mccoy's like what you don't trust yourself and the look jim gives him is like have you met me right <laughs> well what's funny is that at this point they still haven't really they, they haven't cemented the whole lothario angle on kirk right True. so it could also be a, a look of like what are you talking about, jerk? <laughs> well, we all know what it really is. <laughs> I don't know. So it, it, dignify that with an answer. <laughs> it shows us that Bones really knows who this guy is already. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I love this this shot when they do the cut shot because Spock just leaps into <laughs> the picture from below. It's awesome. <laughs> no visual contact. <laughs> <laughs> and so they say no visual contact and they show the screen and then you're like yeah there's no five there. seconds of it's like yeah you're absolutely right there is nothing on the right. screen thanks for letting us watch that for a while <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole thing just goes crazy because oh uh, there's a tractor beam oh no call Which- the phaser crew i will say it wasn't a super for super advanced race their tractor beam wasn't super gentle i'll give it that right well i mean it's it actually was a real tractor (laughs) what are you gonna do just got tossed it at him (laughs) no it was it was an actual tractor in space that they just hooked a rope on and Every time it shifted gears, that's what was going on. Anyway, uh, so so the, the Sirius is basically just a tow truck. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> this is a big giant <laughs> mater. <laughs> hey y'all! So this thing starts coming into scene into the screen, and it is huge. It is very very large. It mm-hmm. dwarfs the Enterprise by many 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 orders of magnitude yeah it's a giant ball of ping pong balls so the original like i said before it was ping pong balls glued onto a big giant ball made of plaster of paris and i guess spray painted yellow and what they decided to do instead with the remaster is they made this really cool computer animated design of like (laughs) all these like domes and weird plasticky support systems underneath. Eh, it was cool looking. It, it looks like a number of molecules linked together. It looks like what everybody who worked on that show wished they could make, <laughs> but it was neat. <laughs> I couldn't help but hear uh, Alec Guinness's voice though. When they're all looking at the coming like, that's no moon. That's a golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> So they Spock's like, oh my gosh, it's it's so big, I can't see it all. <laughs> it registers off my scales like 
dude, you measure planets and suns and some of those are over 10 miles long. So, you know, (laughs) I I don't think this was bigger than the scale he was supposed to be using. I'm fairly certain he he can see bigger things, (laughs) but (laughs) Bailey's like, Oh, I got this. I'll zoom out and sits there and stares off into space because he doesn't know how to do anything. (laughs) And Sulu's like, and he reaches over and just does it for him. (laughs) And Kirk's like, oh my God, we should talk to it. About time. (laughs) Yes. Oh, hey, we might actually try to communicate with these people. Right. So he hails them, referring to as the United Earthship Enterprise, because USS Enterprise, I guess, in the future earth starts with a silent s yes of course Um, (laughs) now this is again early production episode so we haven't really hit the federation we haven't got that all organized yet so right now the enterprise is still identifying as being part of the united earth space probe agency or uspa (laughs) (laughs) uspa so uh, we all no never mind (laughs) So this is still very, very early in the production when they're, you know, when writers are asking, you know, who are we? Why are we here? Why are we saying or doing anything that we're saying or doing? Right. It's like watching Star Wars and watching the Emperor talk about the committee. (laughs) You shall not defeat the committee. (laughs) And now I will unleash the power of my rhetoric. (laughs) anyway (laughs) use the feeling Luke (laughs) Bailey starts getting a message on his navigation beam which as we all now know is Uhura's earpiece apparently he's wearing too I'm not okay when did he put the earpiece in when did he put the earpiece in? Why does he hear things over the nav system? That's like listening to your steering wheel. You don't need a steering <laughs> headset. <laughs> That's not how that well, works. Well, my steering wheel does have volume control on it, but yeah, you get your meeting. It doesn't yeah, matter. You, you put it in your ear. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so he's sitting there with, you know, the, the shifter shamped in his ear for some reason. <laughs> and her is like, Oh, I hear it too. And she puts it on the speakers and, Everybody's like, hey, is that Ted Cassidy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I love his voice. (laughs) So, yeah, Baylock, um, and I've got to remember to pronounce it Baylock, not Blaylock. Baylock um, is the commander of the first of the flagship facilities of the First Federation. And we want to talk to you about possible future copyright infringement. Man, I seriously, it made me think of uh, back in the 90s when there were two cartoons on that were both Ghostbusters. There was the Ghostbusters and the real Real Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. (laughs) No, no, we're the first Federation. Thank you very much. We were here before you. Right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, now that we're talking, you kind of blew past that uh, no trespassing sign back there. You realize that? (laughs) You know how fast you boys were going? <laughs> and Kirk's like, is that what that was? Because, you know, it was trying to kill us. <laughs> Listen, I mean, usually when you see a beware of dog sign, you don't have to worry about the sign coming and biting you. That's, right? you know, the sign is there to warn you, not kill you. 
Oh, and Balok is like, hmm, very interesting. Shut up! And turns off their systems. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to talk to you anymore. Your ships are crappy and you are stupid. (laughs) My sign is defective, you say. I don't want to talk anymore! (laughs) So Balok starts to do the the whole uh, V'ger thing of, you know, I'm just going to download all of your files. I'm just going to do a quick backup of your entire ship really quick. Uh, which makes me think, you know what? As much as the Enterprise gets hacked, we have never once seen the IT department for the Enterprise. Right? I, I got to imagine there's a room next to where Scotty works <laughs> where there's just this sweaty, disheveled guy who's and, – and don't get me wrong. I am not going into IT stereotypes here. <laughs> I'm saying he is sweaty and disheveled because he is so overworked. <laughs> He's like – why will they not stop talking to people? Don't turn on the radio. None of this stuff is hardened. He's going to let them scan all our tapes. Every last one of them. You know, we could put passwords on some of this stuff. What I don't understand is why they make me keep the cassette player loaded all the time. Alex Kurtzman, where is my Star Trek IT <laughs> command spinoff series? Oh, man. USS <laughs> IT crowd. Yes. <laughs> I am so there for that. <laughs> so, Kurt, have you tried turning it and turning it off and back on again? <laughs> uh, they've done that so many times on this show. <laughs> so, Kurt's like, hey, Bailey, uh, why don't you send out a recorder boy? And it immediately goes. Well, first of all, he doesn't even do it. Sue is just like, well, oh, geez. Okay. Click, click, click. <laughs> Kirk's like, hey, why can't Bailey know? Why doesn't Bailey know how to do that? <laughs> he should know how to do that. But yeah, for a little buoy that escapes, and then the entire ship shakes, and Baylog's like, I blew up your buoy. It's like, geez, dude, what did you use to blow up the buoy? <laughs> well, okay. In all fairness, uh, Back then, the buoy was actually half the size of the Enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) It was filled with tapes. (laughs) We don't get to use our guns much, so when we do, we go a little bit overboard. (laughs) (laughs) And Balak's like, hey, listen. um, You know, after thinking about it, I'm just going to kill you in 10 minutes. (laughs) But he doesn't say it's so nice. No, he says... (laughs) In 10 of your Earth units, referred to as minutes. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, 10 Earth periods. Because <laughs> I have total translation on everything, but that whole time thing that you guys have, 16, 30, 15, it uh, just no. it, whatever. 10 Earth periods. <laughs> and what's great is he says 10 Earth periods, and I'm thinking, oh God, what is it like? 10 years? <laughs> what if what if that had been what he said? It'll be 10 earth periods. You know them as years. And everybody's like, "Oh. Well, let's let's just go." <laughs> it takes a while for our weapons to warm up. <laughs> we use tubes on everything. <laughs> Zulu looks around like, "Whoa, 10 minutes. Did you hear that?" <laughs> look at Kirk and we're screwed like, guys can you believe it now Sulu's <laughs> reactions in this episode are fantastic because yes. everything is just like eyebrows 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 
<laughs> and meanwhile in the corner Spock is, is like, I'm going to trace the call. <laughs> oh man. But it's, it's one of the early episodes. So he looks panicky. Like yeah. everything he does is just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm so frustrated. Ah. <laughs> he doesn't have that stoic. I got this. <laughs> doesn't come to later. <laughs> and then we pan over a little bit and we see Uhura. And I'm just going to reiterate, these are the worst outfits. <laughs> that poor woman. She, she is a very fit woman. I mean, the, she, when she wears the red outfit, we see that for years and years. And they have put her in an outfit that just is garbage. It looks like she's wearing a bag. And I feel so bad for her because, again, she's sitting around all these people who look great. And she's like, oh, man. It's too First, I was supposed to be third in command. And now... Now I'm in a dress that doesn't even fit. Now that all that aside, uh, bones is about to run out onto the bridge. And so I want to take a moment and talk about, uh, outfits again. <clears throat> so the men's tunics, um, they all have the little black collars. Yes. This is a first, this is the first episode where they did that. Oh yes. Yes. Um, and if you look at Bailey and Sulu, they're both wearing crappy versions where somebody just sewed on a black collar instead of making it from scratch. <clears throat> excuse me and uh so like sulu's zipper is like just hanging out <laughs> everybody can see everything um but this is the first time that they did that they also started doing the um uh the braids on the cuffs correctly uh this is where they started doing rain oh, yes. braids um all that stuff they were really trying to to flesh out what these uniforms looked like and they started you know changing up the colors as well uh now, when I mentioned before that they did all that stock footage of Sulu and Scotty looking back over their shoulders, the stock footage they did of Dr. McCoy is him wearing his other tunic, which is a silk, <laughs> uh, short sleeved operating uniform. Yes. No black collar. It's got some kind of weird, like dress style collar at the top. It's real weird. Um, and that's his stock footage, which they, for some reason, stuck in here again as he walks onto the bridge wearing his new tunic with the velour and the black <laughs> collar. And then you look at somebody else for a sec. You look back at him, and it's his classic, I'm smiling in a weird way while wearing my doctor's <laughs> uniform. And then we go back to him in his regular uniform again for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Dude, didn't you change your shirt just like that in, in Mud's Women? Yeah, I know, never right? mind. It's not so weird. I don't know why they keep doing it. This poor guy. How is he supposed to keep any continuity? He just pops out of existence in a new clothes. So bones and Scotty tell him, yeah, everybody on the, on the ship heard that. So uh, Kirk goes and does his motivational speech uh, to the team, basically to entire ship and does the whole, you know, a stranger just as a friend. We haven't met yet. Stand by. Yeah. <laughs> Now it is kind of cool though, that he, he talks to the crew about what's going on, like the entire crew. Uh, this is something that is kind of rare in the star Trek universe for the captain to be like, Hey, listen, here's exactly what's going on and what you should be prepared for. Also, here's my plan. <laughs> Usually it's like, Hey everybody, hold on to something. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, uh, I was playing tennis. <laughs> All I can tell you is anytime the captain comes over those speakers, yeah, we're all going to die. Right? Back in these days, the captain comes on, you're like, oh, 
news of the day. How interesting. Okay, good to know. Morning announcements. Um, we were almost raided by a giant cube, and now there's a large ship that's going to wipe us out in 10 minutes. Also, it's cheeseburger day in the cafeteria. The problem is, is every once in a while he forgets to turn off the mic, and everybody hears him when he's like, oh, they think I'm a bad captain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So Kirk addresses Balak or Balak? Balak. Balak directly. And he's so angry. He's like, he clicks it on him. This is Captain Kirk. <laughs> like, dude. I mean, I know he's a little upset, but what is that? Your sign tried to kill us. <laughs> but because we're cool, we're going to leave. Well, I mean, in all fairness, he's like, hey, listen, we did blow up your sign. Fair. We didn't know it was a sign. So we're going to get out of here. And everybody, you know, no harm, no foul. And, and then Balok just turns on a, a freaking spin cycle on a giant washer. It sounds <laughs> like it drowns everybody out. <laughs> it's like, dude, you got a you got a bearing spun in that washing machine. I'll tell you, right? <laughs> yeah, and Kirk's like, "Hey, Bailey, uh, I got wor- more work for you to do." And Bailey's like, "Uh, uh, <laughs> I should so, not have gotten high before I came to the bridge." I seriously, this moment. everything they've done up till now is like, this guy's a little incompetent. This time Sulu reaches across fully does his entire job for him. And the guy just kind of stands there and almost touches a switch. He literally (laughs) looks down, hovers a finger over a switch and kind of goes, no. And again, how did he get to this point? You were supposed to have been trained to the point that this stuff is automatic for you. Right. He's on the flagship as a helmsman. (laughs) That's got to be a position of like, you've made it. <laughs> now, luckily this time it's a moot point, whether he did his job or not, because Baylock is shutting most of the power down on the ship. Now, not the view screen, not everything, but most of it. Okay. So they announce that the, or he announces that the engines don't work. And as soon as he does that, there's like five people behind Kirk on the bridge in the scene and they all scatter. <laughs> It's so funny. I I know they were going for everybody's got a job to do and we got to fix this thing, but it totally looked like I'm out. (laughs) I am out before somebody says level five diagnostic. Right? Exactly. (laughs) We need data to do our homework for us. Come on. (laughs) So So Spock finally says, Hey, you know what? I trace the call. I can, I can get video. Okay. He's, He's doing a cam show. So this whole thing bugs me because they play this off as he's hacked into the footage. He's got, he opened a comm link. He, <laughs> he made a phone call and they said, hello. And they, they put their video through. It's, it's not, it's basically like you sit there. turned on the camera on the, on your little yeah, laptop. Right? Like he he turned, turned it on remotely. remotely. That's yeah. what it is. And the yeah. guy's like, oh, no, what are you doing? Don't look at me. Where's that black piece of tape? Where's that black piece of tape I put I over that? I put on my shirt yet. And Kirk's like, no, it's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so Spock throws it up on screen. And I'm going to tell you, it's not Sam the Eagle from the Muppets, but 
when you put the voice with that face and that col- that blue color, it's so, close. So what you're saying is it's a, a gray alien had a baby with Sam the eagle. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't look like that. Yes. <laughs> Why are you making fun of me? <laughs> <laughs> so in the initial script every so everybody's looking at this everybody's jaw drops open it's like it's an alien as if we've never seen a blue alien before right um you have an alien and, on the bridge next to you <laughs> <laughs> and reportedly this is where the second catchphrase comes from because originally spock was also supposed to be somewhat taken aback by Baylock's visage, but instead he talked to the director and like, yeah, Spock wouldn't do that. It's not a real Spock thing. Mm-hmm. And so they settled on using his reaction being the single word fascinating, which of course becomes his catchphrase. Fascinating. I like it. And it becomes so, not just his catchphrase. It becomes a Vulcan catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> it's good so we get, we get both one of McCoy's, two catchphrases and Spock's all, all in this first episode. So from the very beginning, it's pretty good. Um, then of course, Balok is like, uh, I'm going to continue my countdown. You are going to die. <laughs> you cannot distract me by hacking into my zoom call. And you know, it's crazy. You, you look at this thing and it, it literally looks like a Disney at audio animatronic, <laughs> but like, not 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 like Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm talking like the Tiki Room, because he's he blinks his eyes, he opens his mouth, and he turns to the to the right <laughs> over and over again. And it it told actually it doesn't even look like Disney. It looks like Chuck E. Cheese, if I'm being honest. I mean there there should have been a gorilla playing a guitar next to, or playing a, a keyboard next to him. We heard that a very special boy has a birthday on your ship. <laughs> Bailey's like, they remembered. Uh, <laughs> now I'll do my job. <laughs> I do think it's funny that the image of Baylock there on the screen that was uh, used in the post credits of the show pretty much from day one. And uh, mm-hmm. Robert Justman, the producer, said, yeah, that was purposely put over anytime we showed uh, producer Herbert Solo's name over there specifically just for him to put that on there. That's hilarious. That's kind of an in-house joke. He So Herbert Solo also said in an interview that uh, he put that picture up in his office and that he <laughs> deliberately found the cheapest, crappiest but he had a he had a copy of not just the image, but the uh, a, a still from the show with the image with his face or with his name on it. That's hilarious. Right. <laughs> so Bailey all of a sudden for no reason whatsoever, because like we know what's going on. We know how things are progressing. So it's not like, oh my God, we're all gonna die. It's like we've got a problem to figure out. That's the mode we're in right now. And Bailey flips out. He oh, jumps man. up and starts he completely melts down screaming at everybody. Somebody's gotta do something. <laughs> The best, the best delivery though is when, when uh, uh, Sula does the. We have nine minutes left. He's starting a countdown. 
<laughs> it's so good. And then he, he literally gets in everybody's face and like, he doesn't say it word for word, but he's basically like, somebody let me shoot something. Bones, <laughs> let me shoot something. Kirk, come on. I, somebody let me shoot something. And Kirk's like, all right, this is even too much for me. <laughs> Bones, get him out of here. <laughs> get him off my bridge. <laughs> get off my bridge. <laughs> and so Bones tells Bailey, let's go. And they walk off the bridge and they happen to pass. The <laughs> guy just hanging out. Well, I mean, that's, that's how this works, right? We've seen this over and over again, where there's just a guy for whatever reason, hanging out in the back of the bridge. <laughs> it happens every episode. This time it appears to be some guy in a yellow shirt. I've never seen him before. <laughs> But he's hanging around a Hurra station like, hey, what are you, what are you working on? Well, how's it going? <laughs> I could not help but get the image of when you and I worked at the mall, we all knew those guys who would come in and hit on girls who are at their job. Right. <laughs> Just like hang out all day at the counter. <laughs> hey, what's up? That's <laughs> way. <laughs> But and, and the look that this guy has when they walk Bailey out into the in the turbo lift, he just kind of goes like, "Boy, glad that's not me." Right. <laughs> now I will say the one thing they did though that made it okay is he was carrying a slide rule. <laughs> oh, okay. That's and who that guy is. We do now know that is Spock's slide rule. It is an aviation slide rule. Oh yes, still in use today. Yep. Anyway, so. Kirk's like, oh, God, I cannot believe Bailey. So he decides he's got to call Baylock now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this time he gets a little bit farther, but Baylock turns on the washing machine and the spin cycle again and tells him, you now have seven minutes left. <sighs> I, man, I just can't get over how pretty that that spaceship was. I really <laughs> wanted to see the crappy one. <laughs> I feel like I got robbed. Um, now Sulu is like, uh, well, we go to commercial, we come back from commercial and Sulu's like, there are four minutes and 30 seconds left. And Scotty's like, ah, what is your fascination with timepieces, Mr. Sulu? I'm like, what? (laughs) He's, he's got one job right now. (laughs) It's to announce how much time is left. And Scotty's like, he's being such a jerk to the guy. Actually, what I'm thinking is that as soon as Scotty heard 10 minutes, he started drinking. Uh, you're probably right. Because <laughs> later on, it's there's there's a scene later on that made me think, yeah, you know what? He As soon as he heard that, he hit the flask. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, after he berates Sulu about this, the alien uh, Balak comes on and announces... There are three minutes and 50 seconds left. And Scotty's like, how very interesting. He doesn't once be like, you've got a fascination with time pieces. Now that's the way you tell the time, boy. Oh, man. So then Kirk and Spock decide they've got to go to their pacing area, which is apparently directly in front of the camera. So they pace for a little bit. And Kirk is such a jerk, man. So Spock is like, I don't really know what we're going to do here. Um, I got nothing. 
And then he uses the the chess analogy, right? And he's like, sometimes in in chess, you you just get beat. And Kirk is like, um, is that your best idea? Like, <laughs> Spock's dude. like, wow, that was kind of weak, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but you know, Spock's also like, dude, I don't have emotions, but that was cold. <laughs> <laughs> have to figure Jim's freaking out a little bit right here because in the back of his mind, while all this is going on, something back there is saying, Hey Jim, maybe there is such a thing as a no win scenario. And he just has that going oh. over and over. All he can hear is Kobayashi. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to bribe to get out of this one, boy? I know, right? <laughs> so bones comes up and he's like, Hey, um, you know, you really did a crap job with Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems an odd time to bring it up. You know, Bones doesn't really seem to have timing because he also is then like, and if we survive, I'm going to report you. <laughs> Seriously, he whispers it. <laughs> and Kirk's like, I don't care. Shut up. <laughs> it's so bizarre, man. <laughs> But I'm gonna, but he gets the idea from it. <laughs> I'm going to bluff. So I, I love this part, man. So everybody's just staring at Kirk and he's like, I got an idea. He says, gonna- chess, poker. And everybody's looking on their faces like, oh, God, I hope they kill us quickly. I know, right? This is, it is a great Star Trek thing though. Um, so he, he gets Balak on the phone and he's like, Hey Balak, here's a deal. I'm a human and we're dangerous and we're scary. And we're so dangerous and scary that all of our ships are filled with Corbomite. Yeah. Yeah. Corbomite. yeah that's it. See, we got a lot of it on our ship. And if you shoot me, it'll kill you. Just, just putting that warning out there, man. That's all. Cause we're humans. We're crazy like that. <laughs> and Baylock's like, I don't, um, I don't think I believe you. Um, do you have pictures of it? I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. It's such a great, stupid bluff. And it, it's just crazy enough. It could work. <laughs> Oh man, it's so great. <laughs> I will say, I will say it was an expert move though, because Kirk goes from it's not chess, it's poker. A lesser captain would have said twister. That's and true. that would have been the end of them. Ah, uh, let's be honest. Kirk wanted to say twister. <laughs> it's always in his mind. <laughs> the problem is, is that the the first draft of this, he was like, it's not chess. How about Yahtzee? <laughs> <laughs> They couldn't figure out how to make that conversation with Bailock. Oh really. man, now I do want to write that episode. <laughs> there are actually five ships. You can't see the other four because they rolled poorly. <laughs> By rolling that dice, you are now creating six separate timelines. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We almost <sighs> made it. Almost. <laughs> I, already, I already screwed that one up. Oh, right? true. <laughs> <trying to answer. laughs> Okay, so Spock, Spock's like, well, you know, I I gotta give you credit. It, it it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy plan, but it just might work. And then he kind of like glances around, like hope nobody notices something. And then he's like, 
you know, that dude reminds me of my father. (laughs) And that by itself would have been super weird and made no sense whatsoever. (laughs) And then Scotty's like, Oh yeah. Well, that would have made your mom happy. (laughs) (laughs) What? Scotty's drunk. Scotty is drunk. But then Spock has to double down again and be like, you know what? Uh, She thinks she's one lucky earthling. (laughs) What? (laughs) This was the weirdest playground insult fight I've ever seen. It made no sense. Did not add to the story in any way. (laughs) Just weird. I don't know. (laughs) so then bones is and and kirk are like hey you know what i'm i'm real sorry i'm sorry and bones like no 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 no. i'm sorry i'm sorry you know and they're whispering again because when you whisper in the middle of a tiny room that bounces all sounds nobody hears a thing Spock's over in the corner like, oh my God, do they really think I can't hear this? I have jumped. Shut up, shut up, shut up. (laughs) So then Bailey shows up. Bailey walks through the door. He looks like he's been crying. His eyes are purple. And he's like, I I was wondering if I could come back. And everybody's like, oh, come on, kid. We know you don't know how to do anything. You haven't touched a thing, but come on. You might as well, because we forgot to call anybody up here to take over your station. (laughs) We kind of been busy with the whole 10 minutes left to live thing and uh, totally space getting replacements. We know you can't do anything. We know you don't know how anything works and you super suck. So life and death scenario. Come on, grab the helm. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So Sulu finally counts us down all the way down to zero and nothing happens. And Scotty's like, "Hmm." this is the part that convinced me when I, when I watched it again, when they do this, Scotty kind of like moves behind Spock and then moves to the back of the state to Spock's station. (laughs) It was just like, Oh, he's drunk. Oh yeah. He's totally drunk. (laughs) He he saw that 10 minutes is like, Oh, I'm getting as much of this down as I can. (laughs) Now, in case we were wondering if anything actually happened when we hit zero, they decided to really hammer it home by letting us spend the next 45 minutes staring at everybody on the bridge, <laughs> being sweaty, staring at nothing on the screen. It was, Man, are we relieved? Wow. It just goes on and on and on. And then Balak comes back on. Um, so we want to see the Corbomite. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love that Kirk is like, uh, we're not going to comply and hangs up. (laughs) (laughs) So now Balak's like, well, that's not cool. (laughs) All right. We are going to show you how powerful we are by moving our ship away (laughs) and bringing you a tiny tow truck instead. (laughs) But don't worry. Our tiny tow truck is more powerful than you think it is. (laughs) Although the sequence of events in this is great. I don't know that they wrote it on purpose like this, but it super came out that way that he was like, I'll show you how powerful I am. And they're like, Oh, what's going to happen? They don't, they look around like nothing's going on. I don't see anything. And then Rand brings in coffee. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm like, he's so powerful. He got her to bring coffee. That's great. Why are we fighting? I know this guy's awesome. <laughs> anyway, so the tow truck shows up and it hooks on and they're like, Oh, and he's, we were, we're going to take you somewhere else. And I gotta be honest. So this speech of him saying, we're going to take you somewhere else. I didn't really understand what he was saying. Cause it kind of sounded like he said, we're going to take you to a, the planet you were going to. He says, we're going to take you to a planet that's similar to yours. And we're going to drop you off there. Right. We figure out what to do with you. And but we're going but but to But yeah, he said he were going to blow up the enterprise <clears throat> after he took them somewhere. But he said something about the, the destination you were going to. And I couldn't quite figure out why he even brought that up. It was super weird. I don't know. The whole thing's bonkers. It's a tow truck. <laughs> it was up to take the Enterprise somewhere else. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I'm not quite sure why he decided to do this. But, yeah, he sends the big ship away, uses the small tow truck ship, and he turns. He tells him, okay, you, you guys need life support, so I'm going to let you turn your systems back on. But it doesn't matter. We're so powerful. We're going to tow you. doesn't matter if you have power or not because we are so cool. Right. And the little ship is pretty cool. It comes out and it hooks on a tractor beam and it just keeps on going. (laughs) And they're like, oh no, we're being towed. So we want to make some really quality TV here. So we're going to spend 630 minutes now watching a room full of sweaty people watching a tow truck (laughs) pull their car through the desert. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it just goes on and on and i I, listen i know i have a short attention span i'm not i'm I'm not naive i know this but oh my god i'm watching it i'm like it's so long it seems that they wanted to constantly contrast they really wanted to uh, highlight bailey's anxiety and so one of the ways of doing that is that they would hit uh, facial expression shots all the way around the bridge, showing everybody being brave and stalwart. And then they would get to, they would get yeah. to Bailey who would be a crumbly mass of, I don't know what. <laughs> well, but then the whole thing goes out the window because they fade to black and fade back in to everybody is sweaty and their necks hurt. <laughs> and they're like, Oh my God, this has been going on forever. <laughs> Clearly they had to watch this scene too. <laughs> anyway so kirk's like um i got an idea (laughs) we've been going for a long time i'll bet that dude's gonna stop paying attention to us (laughs) he's gonna slip and then we're gonna break free (laughs) wow tactical genius and and as soon as he says it too it's just like it is as soon as he says like hey you know what yeah he's out there a little bit farther from us and so spock's like yeah he he brought his power levels down a little bit now the thing is though kirk's decision on this is all based on nothing there's no way a ship that small could have enough power to tow my wonderful ship dude did you just see the thing that just came and went right they no, clearly I'm thinking that little you. ship might be able to do a lot of things that you wouldn't expect, but he's just like, nah, it's small. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, that's how he sees the whole world. 
You're, you're tinier than me. I win. <laughs> anyway, so he's so Sulu kind of looks over his shoulder, like, "Yeah, let's do this." <laughs> yes, he's really into this plan. Right? Right. Kirk's like, "Engage the plan," and he's like, "I got this." Clack. <laughs> he hits his switches, and there we go. <laughs> and. The engines are pushed to the limit. We know this because because Sulu has fluid temperature gauges on his dashboard. <laughs> those are awesome. I've never seen those before. They're so freaking cool. <laughs> and Spock's yelling out. Now, this I'm I'm just this is Star Trek nerd stuff. Spock is yelling out that it's the intermix temperature that keeps on rising. That well, makes they, no sense. I mean. Well, how do you know? That makes sense. Do you know the optimum intermix temperature? Why would the strain on the engines, though, cause the intermix chamber temperature to rise? Backflow. All right. I'll take that. I'm just throwing words out there that kind of... Has, <laughs> hashtag rationalization. <laughs> Listen, the, the Heisenberg backflow generators. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so of course the, also after going warp three in reverse they're probably in pretty bad shape to begin with now that I think about it. There, there's no tread on those tires like, you know he's, he's like you know you're not supposed to be doing that right <laughs> scotty's just throwing his hands up at this point <laughs> this is space docs problem now <laughs> So they once they push the the engines really hard, everyone gets slammed around inside the ship. <laughs> there's no inertial dampeners apparently, and uh, I, I love it. They show a hall, the same hallway scene, and like <laughs> everybody who's in the hallway is all clumped together in one big <laughs> group, and they're slamming back and forth across the halls. And there's like one guy all the way down at the end of the hall looking back like. Why don't I get to be in that group? <laughs> They're all slamming all over the place. It's so weird. But I will I will point out, you know who else is in that group? Mr. Pockets. Mr. Pockets. <laughs> I love me some Mr. Pockets. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> I do like the bridge shot also because okay, everybody's doing kind of the vibration thing. Oh man. But most of it they're doing the camera vibration at the same time. They flipped a Spock just for like two seconds, but they're not doing the camera shake anymore, so it's real obvious that Leonard Nemo is just got a jerky back and forth. Well, and I think at some point they decided that the camera shaking was making it hard to see what was going on because they did a a full bridge shot where everybody was shaking or well, the camera wasn't shaking. All the people were supposed to be shaking. And the only people doing it were um, Bones and Spock. And they're standing there and they're like, (laughs) shaking themselves around. Nobody else is doing it. Kirk is like placid. He is so still. All I can think is that Shatner was like, you haven't put enough hairspray in. I'm not doing it. But man, it was so funny because the the both of them were just going crazy, <laughs> shaking themselves. And Bones is in his classic spot where he's sitting with his back to the console in the back of the room, 
And so when he's shaking up and down, that whole counter he's sitting on is shaking up and down too. And Spock's shaking up and down, but his is clearly just all in the elbows. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I can imagine after seeing this, somebody in the production crew is like, okay, we really need to work on our bridge shaking bit. We, right. need, to, we need to get some stuff down on that. Cause someday <laughs> 60 years from now, we shall have a bridge that shakes itself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's not great. Spock <laughs> is like, it's gonna blow. I, I, I really love this too because on the inside, the ship just sounds like it's gonna tear itself apart, and then they, sh- they sh- switch to the exterior shot, and it sounds like the AC is turned on. But that's pretty right. much it. <laughs> it's like, and all the time that they're like, "Oh, we're gonna pull out of this and jerk to the left, jerk to the right," and they show the outside of the ship, and it's like that's not moving at all. <laughs> Nothing's going on really until it finally works. And then when it finally works, man, whoever redid that shot didn't really go into very much detail because the ship just kind of shoots off to the left. (laughs) Like it moves sideways. It's it's not like, you know, the ship's going somewhere. It's so weird. (laughs) And the whole time that's going on inside the ship, our group of people, including Mr. Pockets are slamming back to the other side. (laughs) I have to say, this looks like it would have really been a lot of fun shooting on this day. You know, <laughs> it's like that's the job I want. All right, everybody left. Ah, all right, everybody right. <laughs> there, there was a point where you could see people literally throw themselves at that wall, like yes, putting their legs into it. And you're like, oh man, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, the bridge noises were awful. Just high pitched squeals, oh, yes. horrible beeping. And it's just the, the whole time you're watching it, you're like, they really need to bring in a Starfleet psychologist to listen to this <laughs> stuff and decide, is this really what you want going on in an emergency? Yeah. That, that, that beep that was somehow tied to the, uh, the tractor beam. Yeah. That, that was just like, why would you do this? You're driving everybody nuts. Right. Made absolutely, uh, it was a little annoying. <laughs> well, so they, they break out and everybody settles down. And it's like, whew, that's okay. And Scotty's like, you guys are so jerks. I'm, <laughs> I'm so not happy with everybody. And her is like, there's, there's something coming from the ship. I think it's a distress signal and they're sending it back to the mothership. Which not cool, man. That's that's a private phone call. <laughs> Whatever. She listens anyway, and she's like, "Their, their, their life support's failing. The ship, it's in trouble." And I don't think that the mothership heard their distress call. Which again, how would you know? Because she listens in on private conversations. <laughs> she knows a lot of things going on in the ship. <laughs> The entire galaxy is a party line when you're a hoorah. Right. <laughs> so, of course, Kirk is like, we escaped. Let's get out of here. No, no, I'm just kidding. He's like, oh, yeah, let's go to that ship. Let's figure out what's going on there. And everybody on a Starfleet ship goes, what? Right. Why are we going to do that? <laughs> and, and Kirk has to remind everybody, uh, what is our job? What do we do here? They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Exploring mutant aliens. Yeah. Once again, in 
old series or old episode fashion, he gets on the PA system. He's like, Hey, listen, everybody, we're going to be good guys. I know they were jerks, but I don't care. We're going to go save them. (laughs) So even if they're aliens, they're still alive. And yeah, everybody's like, oh, and Kurt yeah, just, he, he looks like, man, who are these jerks I'm on a ship with? <laughs> Scotty and Uhura are both okay with it. Spock, Sulu, everybody else is just like, we're not actually going over there, are we? Right. I'm surprised Bailey didn't jump up and start screaming again. <laughs> hey, I did not get on a starship to meet aliens. That's not what I was doing here. Although, honestly, the way that Bailey came back in, I'm pretty sure he's on quite a dose of lithium at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> McCoy could be Dr. Feelgood from time to time. <laughs> um, anyway, so <laughs> Sulu clearly is like, uh, all right, I guess we'll do this. It's dumb, <laughs> but I guess we'll do it. Yeah, I like how McCoy's like, you can't be serious. It's like, I am, and you're going with me. <laughs> right? Kirk. Kirk not only says, McCoy, you're going with me, but he's like, um, let's see, eeny, meeny, miny, Bailey. (laughs) (laughs) Bailey's like, huh? Here's the thing. I'm Captain Kirk. This is Dr. McCoy. We can't die. So (laughs) you're the next logical choice to go with us. And I didn't make you wear a red shirt, so shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Spock's like, can I go? And Kirk's like, no, you stay here. Spock goes, aww. I kind of like the guy's face when Kirk says, well, if it is a trap and I'm wrong, I want you here. And Scott and Spock is like, yeah, I hadn't quite thought about that. Okay. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good call. Captain, you said. <laughs> I'm just going to sit right here. All right. Yeah. So we go to the transporter room. Uh, this is a transporter room. It's had a little bit of a facelift since the, uh, the, the two pilots. Yes. Um, they initially in the pilots, they reused a, a station from the bridge to, to run as a transporter console. This time they actually built a new console for it. Um, it is not quite painted yet. Uh, it's still got a black top instead of the weird <laughs> orangey color that everything else is going to be. But uh, they are going to use this in a couple more episodes or in, in the rest of the episodes instead of the crap they were using before in the, in the cage and where no man has gone before. And Scotty's there manning it because, again, the ship is horribly broken and has all kinds of things <laughs> going wrong on it. So your chief engineer should be running the transporter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that makes sense. <laughs> And Scotty's like, all right, everybody on the pad, listen, here's the deal. Um, I think there's air. That is all. <laughs> and again, okay, so I think we're seeing the source of McCoy's anxiety when it comes to transporters. <laughs> you think they're, what? Wait, what? I kind of feel like all the stuff Scotty says when they get on the transporter pad is just designed to screw with McCoy. <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, it might be methane. So hold your breath. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) So one of the things I do love about this though, this is, this is where I think we miss on a lot of Star Trek. Scotty goes, listen, when you beam on board, it's real short. So everybody bend over a little. I think this is great. Actually. Yes. I, want more of this in star trek for them to be like um okay so when you get there you might be in liquid so maybe take off your shoes 
<laughs> or <laughs> when you get there, it's real windy. Put on a jacket. This is kind of like, okay, in uh, Next Generation, Best of Both Worlds, when they beam over to try to save Picard, we're all going to stand facing a different way with our weapons out. Yep. But this is the only time we're ever going to do that because it makes so much sense. We would rather all face the same way, just standing there with our hands at our sides. <laughs> yeah. It always bugged me that they would do that on the Borg ships. You know, you're going to go right into the middle of a platform surrounded by Borg on all sides. And you're not going to go in a circle. <laughs> I prefer everyone to be facing forward. Right. Also, why don't they beam in with a shield? Like seriously, like just like a shield generator in between all of them that covers all of them until they get a chance to see what's up. I'm just saying, there's a lot of logical things that are missed here. <laughs> anyway, Scotty says, this thing was built for short people. You ought to bend over. So they all bend over and they beam over. And when they get there, they're in the lap of luxury. <laughs> this is where we get into the good stuff. This is some of the best Star Trek that's ever Star Trekked on Star Trek. <laughs> because they get over there and the first thing they hear is, I am Balok. Welcome aboard. Yeah, the alien ship on the inside kind of uh, kind of looks like Genie's Lamp for my dream of a genie. Lots of pink curtains. This is actually the uh, set for the um, for the conference room on the Enterprise. That was redressed. Uh, but lots of uh, pink curtains and uh, lots of pillows and, uh, and a really cool kind of stoplight lamp that uh, that, that thing is cool. I don't know what it is, but it's real cool. Uh, they they come face first into come face first. They walk face first into the robot or the the alien base yes. the one they've been talking to on screen, and he's clearly a robot. And Kirk's like, shark looks fake. Um, and also incidentally behind him, there is a panel from the engineering room on the enterprise. I don't know why none of them noticed that, but it was there. It's one of those things when he downloaded the files, uh, Baylock is like, you know what? I want one of those. I'm not sure what it does, but I want one. It looks cool. I'm putting one on the wall. Thing averse. There you go. Uh, so they, they look at this thing and they're like, yeah, it's a, it's a robot, you know, knock, knock. Yeah. There's nothing inside. So they, uh, they move on and then they hear the less threatening voice of Balok. <laughs> now uh, there's accounts that claim that the voice that you're going to hear here is act is a uh, uh, voice actor, uh, Vic Perrin, who would become kind of the go-to Star Trek voice. But this, in this early work, this is actually uh, Walker Edmondson. He was a bit part actor and a voice talent. And I think the biggest credit I found of his was he did the voice of Inferno from the Transformers cartoons. I Inferno was the fire truck. I'm going to guess he was the fire truck. I think he was. That's pretty cool. Um, now uh, this very much feels like a wizard of Oz moment of, you know, don't look at the man behind the curtain. <laughs> They immediately look behind the curtain and they're like, Oh, hi, I'm the man. Hi. So now we get to one of the best things that's ever happened. (laughs) They pass through some pink curtains and there's a bed or, well, it's like a settee, settee, settee. Anyway, sure. Covered in pink with satin pillows. 
There is a bunch of tiny little pink chairs all around the room. And sitting on the settee is Clint Howard. Clint Howard. Very young Clint Howard. Bald with a fabric crown and wearing like grayish blue flowing robes. (laughs) And... This young Clint Howard was apparently asked by the production staff if he would shave his head for this role because they wanted the kid to be bald. And he was very worried he was going to get made fun of at school. (laughs) Which, at that age, I can understand that. 100%. Um, But if any of his friends or enemies, I guess, at school saw this episode, (laughs) it really didn't matter if he shaved his head. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he wore a bald cap. Um, and, uh, and they put big fuzzy eyebrows on him, which are great. (laughs) I do like that. He was more worried about being made fun of for being bald than he would if anybody saw this and it looked like his ship was, you know, decorated by a 12 year old girl. I know. Right. It's, Oh God, it's so weird. (laughs) The Um, fact that you don't see my little pony in there is surprising because it really (laughs) looks like you should see something from my little pony. It's somewhere in there. So he invites them to sit down, which I I applaud these men for actually being able to sit down, considering how tiny those chairs were. <laughs> and he says, we should have a drink. Oh, I love this. The auto bar. It's just like, it's just like the Matt Helm movies where uh, D Martin had the bar that came out of the jockey box and the, uh, the glove box in the car. I mean, oh, so yeah. If I'm going to have a ship, it's going to have something that's going to spend liquor right next to me. I like it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So Balak is like, Oh, let's have a drink. And what comes out is what appears to be a bowl of Tang or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a bunch of little punch glasses. Uh, it is, it is kind of weird that his idea of let's have a drink was a punch bowl. Uh, <laughs> I, that was kind of odd. Um, I, I just, I, I got to think that Kirk was at this point picturing his tiny little hands mixing inside the bowl to <laughs> put it all together. Uh, so he pours a bunch of drinks for everybody, hands them out. And everybody's like, do I have to, (laughs) um, (laughs) it's one of those awkward social situations. Well, he offered us a drink. I mean, we should really, uh, <laughs> but I, I love the fact that Balok figures out that oh, you guys are, think I might poison you. Here, let me take a drink. See, right. I drink it; it's fine. Okay. That's so, great. You're an alien. <laughs> I I really need to help people understand the the tension of this moment. You need to understand that this is a very young Clint Howard. We're not talking. He's like you know twenty. This kid is like six. Yeah, <laughs> and. And he's speaking with an adult voice. <laughs> he's just offered them open punch and it's like, just drink it. Which I have to say, I really like his style. This is, this is old 1940s type thing. Come to my office, have a drink. You know, I'm wondering if he has like a, you know, a revolver in a drawer just over to his side right? as well. You know? <laughs> oh man. So he drinks it down and they're like, well, I, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. And Kirk takes a little <laughs> sip and then knocks it back because he's a brave little cowboy. <laughs> and Balak is like, hey, listen, I, I, I'm sorry about the robot. I use him because let's be honest, you're not going to be afraid of me. 
which I think is BS because that kid scares the hell out of me. Because <laughs> who would be scared of a baby who speaks with an adult voice, <laughs> right? Wow. I mean, it's adorable, right? Well, no, not really at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so they're like, wait a minute. So this was never, we were never in trouble that we, we weren't going to get killed or anything. And he's like, no, I just want to make sure you were okay. <laughs> I like hanging with cool people. I had to make sure that you're cool people. I don't want right. to hang with people who aren't cool. You guys are cool. <laughs> and then he proceeds to tell them the real reason that they're there. Listen. I'm very lonely. <laughs> so I've been exploring the galaxy and I had to test you guys, see how you were and see if you were okay. And did I mention I'm also very lonely? Hey, listen, can I have one of your people? <laughs> this turns well, into Kirk's win, win, win. Oh, here's yeah, the thing, I am though. just the guy for you. Picard would have been like, no, we don't give people away. That's not how the world works. Any of the later captains also... No, 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 no. That's not how this works. I mean, Janeway might have been like, eh, you can have Neelix. <laughs> every, most of them would have been like, no, 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 no. That's not how we do things. Kirk is like, you want that guy? Yeah. How about him? He didn't even think about it. He, he looked directly at Bailey and was like, Bailey, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And Bailey's like, yes, sir. <laughs> I'd love to do this. Wow. I wasn't expecting that, but it seems to work out just even better. Whoa, right? <laughs> so then Balok is like, wait, so you represent the best earth has to offer. And Kirk's like, Oh no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not one like, of those. Bailey's like, Nope, not me, man. I'm the worst. <laughs> Kirk's like, yeah, but you know, what's great. If you've got the worst, you know exactly what humanity's like. <laughs> And he is fun to drink with. <laughs> oh, man. This scene is so amazing. <laughs> no, sir. I suck. Kirk's like, yep. <laughs> he sucks, which is why you should have him. Because humans suck. <laughs> now, the part then, they don't see is right after this, he turns to McCoy, write me up now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and so they can't figure out how to finish this episode. So <laughs> Balok gets up and is like, would you like to go for a walk on my ship? And they walk off around a corner. And that's the end of the episode. I want to go on walkies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. The ending of this show is so good. There is so much boredom and weird crap at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> But man, do they deliver with a one-two. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <sighs> okay. A truly so, great episode. Oh, yeah. Overall, this is one of the good ones. Yeah. Absolutely one of the best. It is so bizarre, so dumb, so great, and so <laughs> creepy all at once. I love this episode. <laughs> oh, man. Clint Howard has been has been harangued his entire life for this little afternoon <laughs> shoot did, that his dad pushed him into. And oh my God. And I, I feel for him that he's had this kind of typecasting his whole life, but didn't just stop him from trekking again. Right. He did it again. Uh, it was on Conan. No Saturday night Live. I forget what, where he did it on. Oh, he'll, oh, be, no, on, no, no, he'll be on. He'll be on. He's done. It didn't stop him from doing three more shows of, yes. of uh, Star Trek. 
What I was also saying is that he also reprised the role as an adult, as Baylock. Oh, I want, I maybe it was Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. I forget which, which show it was, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he reprised the role. It was just as funny, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, I, he I feel for him that, that he had to deal with being made fun of or ad- adored for it or everything for this crazy weird role he did. But <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting <laughs> us. Have it. It's amazing. He did say that in his mind, if Star Trek called, he was always ready to do it only. And he said primarily because he knew he'd be working with good people and with good writing. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, that was nice to see that it was a, it was something that he really enjoyed. Oh Yeah. Well, and, and also I want to point out, we may kid about this stuff, but the fact of the matter is Clint Howard's got a really good reputation for being one of the nicest guys. Yes. Yeah. And being somebody who's a joy to work with. So hats off to him. He He's awesome. And it all started here. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said, great episode. Uh, next time we're going to be jumping into another episode that's really awesome. Ooh, the Menagerie. Yes. Oh, um, and we're going to basically rehash the cage. <laughs> it's so awesome. So join us for that one. Um, yes, indeed. Big thanks to the folks over at five year mission for the use of their song beam down as our intro and outro. Uh, make sure you head on over to five year mission.net to check them out. Um, they have a song for each episode organized into a, uh, an album for each season of the original series. Uh, you can find them on Apple music and Spotify as well. So please check them out, download their music. It's really good stuff. Thank you guys. And please feel free. And please feel free to stop by and drop us a line. We are no seatbelts on the bridge on both Twitter and on Facebook. You can also find our, our archive of free episodes, all at www.noseatbeltspod.com. Yes. Anyway, thanks everybody. Have a good one until next time. Starting 8 3 2016